0: quarterbacks and running backs for fantasy football in 2021. This or 2022, excuse me, still in 2021 mode. That's really weird. Quarterbacks, running backs, rookie preview in this episode got to get into 2022 here and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about a lot of important players who could have fantasy impacts depending on where they go in the draft that's always a big part of it is landing spots talent of course is a big part of it i'll be giving you guys the lowdown on the names you need to know and maybe a few others as well like lower down kind of guys who maybe could have an impact but yeah we'll be doing that after one piece of news uh got all my tabs up here draft order everything and it's (laughs) been a wild weekend, but I'm still here to record a podcast for you guys because what happened this weekend was a lot of things, some good, some bad. I have been participating in debate throughout this year, and this weekend, my partner and I did a district tournament and finished runner-up and qualified for the NSDA Nationals for public forum debate, so we'll be there in Louisville between June 12th and 18th, I think. And that should be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited for that. And also midday during that, the tournament was virtual midday. I found out I had also tested positive for COVID. So feeling all right, mild symptoms, getting better for sure. I'm going to be fine, but I'm recording this currently, I believe while having COVID, unless I would test negative now, tested positive yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday and you're getting this on Monday. So, but I'm feeling all right. But that happened during, I found out during the tournament. And so thankfully it was virtual or I also would have had to quarantine and miss miss it. So all good there. But yeah, and we ended up doing really well. And so we're in NSDA Nationals for public forum and that'll be in June. So I'm really excited for that. That's just a personal thing that I did this weekend. And now we're recording an episode. Quarterbacks, running backs, and extension news. Another quarterback getting a ton of money. And so let's get into it. You can follow me on Twitter at CalvinSGF, at SGF pod for the podcast. Download the Colorcast app, find my shows over there, link in bio. Um, and other than that, I'll keep you guys updated about any new projects I'm doing on my Twitter. And uh, yeah, I did a college basketball show for a while on Colorcast. That's over for the season, but it'll be probably coming back once college basketball comes back. Um, but I'll be, still be on that app, going on other people's shows. If you have a show on there and want me to hop on, feel free to invite. And I'm always happy to uh, guests on other people's podcasts as well. So if you need a fantasy analyst or fantasy analysis on your podcast, happy to hop on. So episode 131, let's jump into it with some news. Like I said, another quarterback getting a big extension. This time it's Derek Carr. Three years, 121.5 million-dollar extension, over $40 million a year for Derek Carr, who will now try to lead the Raiders, who also acquired Devontae Adams. So Derek Carr is very interesting, and this definitely helps his long-term security a lot for Dynasty and makes him a really, really good option, especially in Superflex. I feel like he's going to have some good value in redraft as well. Currently, I don't know how updated the Fantasy Pros rankings are, but he's really ranked like around 16 last time I checked there, and that is still the case. He's actually up to 15. But with Devontae Adams, I do think Derek Carr has a chance to be a solid quarterback, maybe a top 12 kind of guy, because he has a good arm. He can throw to Devontae Adams a lot, pepper him with targets. And um, now that he's extended, I think that's, a, uh, I think it's a okay move for the Raiders. Derek Carr is not an elite QB. So it's interesting that they're paying him so much, but they, you really, really do need a franchise quarterback in this league to succeed. And of course, everybody knows it. And so he's extended, not much short-term fantasy impacts because we already know how this offense is going to look, but congrats Derek Carr getting a second mega deal. This one, even bigger than the first, which compared to this looks like a mega bargain, by the way, he got like, Five years and $130 last time he signed. Now, later in his career, this is what he's getting. How about it? All right. Let's move on from that. Let's talk rookies. We've got quarterbacks. We've got running backs. We'll talk quarterbacks first. Probably about five or six guys I want to touch on here. And this quarterback class, unlike last year's, is significantly weaker. If you're just heading into this draft, don't know much about the rookies and want to hear about quarterbacks, that's the first thing you need to know. It's not going to be as good as last year's class. And I know last year's class hasn't even turned out that well. But if you remember last year, there were five guys who were being touted as early first round potential guys. It was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. And they all went within the top 15 picks and four of them went within like the top 10. So that's not happening this year. We might see some quarterbacks in the first round, give a, f- a few, given the fact that teams need that position so much. And we may see one quarterback in the top 10, but I don't think it's going to go over that. And we'll talk about potential landing spots here. So I don't have official like quarterback rookie rankings as of right now. I'll probably let you know how I rank them. We're, I'll let you know how I rank them for Dynasty after the draft for dynasty rookie rankings and then talk redraft a little bit as well but for now let's just run through it in the order that consensus seems to have it number one quarterback for consensus is kenny pickett out of pittsburgh six foot three 217 pounds four-year starter at Pitt. he had the big fake slide where he like fake slid and then ran for a touchdown and the ncaa made a new rule that you can't do that and so he broke uh, Jan Marino's school record to Sean Watson's ACC record for most passing touchdowns in a season and Pickett is a solid QB all around. He can run well. He's not an electric like blazing runner, but he can throw the ball on the run. He has small hands. People like to make fun of that. He um, but he has a lot of experience in college and he can move and make good throws and he has a solid arm. So not a guy that you're expecting necessarily to be a superstar in this league right away but a guy who with some development and with some experience against NFL defenses, he knows, he knows what it's like again, four-year starter. He has plenty of games played under his belt. It's just under that ACC competition. He hasn't played a ton of mega defenses yet, but even so, he does feel pretty safe as a guy who will be in this league for a few years, at least, which you can't even actually say about all of these prospects surprisingly enough. So there's a chance he goes in the top 10. Now looking at destinations, I think the Panthers, at number six is probably the earliest possible destination that we see Kenny Pickett go off the board. I doubt he goes to three to the Texans. I don't think the Texans are going to take a quarterback at the moment. Um, Like with Davis Mills there, I I, I don't know exactly. Like there's still, it doesn't feel like a spot to me where they're going to want that at the moment. They also signed like Kyle Allen. I mean, I, I guess that's, that's not a solution, but at the same time it feels high. Maybe we'll see them trade back. But I think at six to the Panthers is where he might be able to go. In which case, there is some value there. And he should definitely obviously be squarely in the first round of Superflex rookie drafts if that occurs, because superflex in superflex quarterbacks are so important. In non-superflex, probably around two kind of guy if that happens. But he's got weapons there. CMC DJ Moore. There's some upside now for DJ Moore if Kenny Pickett goes to Carolina. So that's an interesting destination that I don't mind at all. Other than that, Seattle at nine is a place you could look. I think Seattle's been tied a lot more to Malik Willis, but maybe there. See, that's an, another place where I like to see him. I think the good part about the top 10 is that those are a couple of teams there that could get Kenny Pickett, who also have solid weapons. So he'll be put in a position to succeed. If the Seahawks upgraded their offensive line, especially, he would be put in even more of a position to succeed. Also, the Falcons, the eight, who now have Marcus Mariota as their starter for the moment, probably want another quarterback after trading away Matt Ryan. Other spots... The Commanders, they have Wentz, but maybe Wentz is a one-year guy. You could look to see Pickett at 11. I wouldn't be stunned. There are many other spots as well. Malik Willis at Liberty. So Malik Willis is, I think, easily like far and away the guy with the highest ceiling just in terms of raw talent in this draft at quarterback. But he could easily be out of the league within two years is the problem. He played at Liberty, small school, but he is insanely fast, can throw the ball super far and can throw on the run and improved a lot at Liberty too, to the point where, I mean, he's like, he's really accurate downfield quarterback. It wasn't always that way. He's now like can more has more pinpoint placement in that regard as well. And he can just absolutely bomb it down the field and also just run. He he draws comparisons to Lamar Jackson in that way. He does play a lot like Lamar Jackson, except he's very, very raw, played at Liberty. We just don't know how he's going to um, respond to an NFL offense, maybe a more traditional offense, um, making consistent throws in short and intermediate range, not turning the ball over. Those are all things that could be a big learning curve. So he's got a lot of upside. And in the right situation, he could be a superstar. But I feel like, Malik Willis, while I love his talent, is probably a bit overhyped just because anyone is in right now is trying to look to overhype somebody in this quarterback class. We want to find a superstar in this quarterback class. I don't think there is one, but I think people are looking for one and seeing Malik Willis and saying that's the guy. There are a lot of people who have Malik Willis as quarterback one, several tiers above anybody else and say that Malik Willis is going to be a star Let's I don't think we need to reach and find a star in this class because I don't think there is one, but if there was going to be one, sure. I would probably pick Malik Willis, but he's got a lot of uh, risk involved with him as well. But even so he's going to be hyped up in super flex drafts. Maybe because of that hype, there's a lot of hype. Maybe not a guy I'm looking to target as much, but in fantasy at the same time, you should still look for him because that rushing upside gets you a lot of fantasy points. And even if Malik Willis is a mediocre quarterback, that's still pretty solid in terms of getting fantasy points on the ground. If he can run the ball again, Panthers at six Falcons at eight, both spots. I'd like that would be good to see Um, Seahawks at nine. I feel like Willis would be a kind of guy who could run a similar type of Russell Wilson offense. If he transitions well to the NFL, that's a role that's worked for fantasy for sure. That I like that for DK Metcalf as well. That that looks like a spot where maybe DK Metcalf can get some revival. I don't like drew lock over there in Seattle, But yeah, same kind of places, commanders at 11. He probably sit a year. That might be really beneficial for him. Maybe we'll see some great development there. But then again, if that becomes like a Jordan Love situation where he just sits and never plays, who knows? Maybe he won't ever be ready. Matt Corral at number three from Mississippi could easily be, I think, the best quarterback in this class. He's just a kind of traditional pocket passer who can place the ball well, make good decisions. He doesn't really throw that many picks. And I mean, he can evade pressure pretty well and run all right, but he's not going to be racking up like rushing yards like these other guys are, or or maybe like a guy like Malik Willis is. I don't think there's a ton of upside for fantasy value is the problem. And I also think with other guys shooting up draft boards, Matt Corral may fall to the middle of the first round, or maybe like to the Saints or somebody like that. And if he lands there, that's not an exciting destination for me, where I'm going out to get him other than in super flex. That's not a spot where I would think I want him in redraft. in dynasty. Yeah, a later round pick, that's fine. I think if you're maybe looking to get a value on a guy like Matt Corral, because I think a lot of people got values on Matt Jones last year because it didn't seem like he had a ton of upside and then got some – he started putting up some decent games and was okay in super flex. But he, that's, he's in the middle of the first round, so maybe – like I think he's probably not going to be anything more than a later round kind of guy in any fantasy league. But in super flex, he could have some value depending on where he drops. Like for the Saints, not a ton of weapons there, unfortunately. But – he might be solid over there because i mean he is a maybe the most pro ready some people say i don't know if pro ready is even a thing but pro ready out of these quarterback prospects other guys sam howell from north carolina he struggled by losing a lot of weapons this year I don't really like him that much. He's probably going to be a later first round guy that somebody takes to try to take a shot in the dark, kind of at a quarterback. I don't think he's going to be very successful in the NFL. Desmond Ritter One more guy I want to talk about for sure. Didn't really show up against Alabama in the college football playoff semifinal, but he can run the ball too. And he's like flying up draft boards too. This is the the yearly guy where you see NFL teams are liking Ritter. There's rumors about Ritter flying up draft boards, going in potentially the middle of the first round or higher. There are teams that I think seemed very, very interested for sure. And so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, as he flies up there and then he could maybe be a team's quarterback of the future. So looking at spots, maybe the Steelers at 20 for Desmond Ritter, New Orleans at 16 or 19. Um, That's an interesting place. If he slips a little bit, uh, there's actually not a ton of teams that would be looking for a quarterback after that. So maybe you even, it's possible you even see him slip to the second round, maybe Detroit at 32 goes with him at the end of the first, but after like 20, there's kind of a dead zone where a team doesn't really need a quarterback. So Ritter ran a four or five, two, he could be really good for fantasy. He's got a lot of upside, but that's going to depend on where he goes. And because he doesn't have the greatest evaluation, like until he hasn't gained much traction until recently, I think we need to take more of a wait and see approach in terms of how NFL teams approach him. Also Carson strong. He's named appropriately because he has a good arm, probably a second round prospect who maybe could sneak into the later later first for a really needy team. But I don't think much of him for fantasy value. And then other than that, there is nobody who will like have fantasy value at all in this class. So let's move on to running back. Uh, Running backs. There are a few guys here. I like the running back class. It's very solid. I think it's all going to a lot of it is going to be dependent on landing spot and how many carries these guys can get because I don't have a consensus. I don't have a clear number one coming out of this class. It's really three guys like who I think are at the top. It's Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller. And then a couple guys like Zamir White um, and uh, who are a little bit later. And then like Rashad White as well. um, Brian Robinson uh, and like James Cook still a little bit later, but like guys who I think are kind of in that next tier of getting a role, maybe they could be a later round RB kind of pick for fantasy who gets some, some yards, a few touchdowns, things like that. But it seems a lot like the 2019 RB class. We kind of saw, I think we saw one running back in the first round that year, like Josh Jacobs and no one from that class was really that incredible. Like you had Josh Jacobs, you had David Montgomery. I think we're going to get a few guys like that from this class, but probably no superstars it's going to be just a lot dependent on landing spot, like I said. And there's not one of these guys that I'm particularly down on in this top tier. But let's go through them and see where maybe they could go. Maybe we'll see run one running back in the first round. I doubt we see multiple. But Brees Hall, he's a very, very complete running back. He's patient, he's physical, and he's pretty speedy too. He doesn't have an incredible, like, He's not like very, like a breakaway elusive guy. He's not a guy who will run you over like a Javante Williams wrecking ball. He isn't that, he's all right in the passing game. And, but overall, like he's just a fine, he's like a good prospect all around. And I think a lot of people maybe faded Jacobs for that reason, because he wasn't elite in anything. And a lot of people were like, oh, this is why Jacobs is going to be great. But like Brees Hall is kind of fits that mold. He'll drop somewhere and probably become an RB2 for fantasy. So looking at teams that could use Brees Hall, there are some. There aren't a lot of teams that are don't. There's some a lot of teams that like there are excuse, me, sorry, there aren't a lot of teams that have like a complete void at running back to fill. The interesting spot maybe the Bills at 25, if you, but then that's kind of a timeshare. I don't know if they're fully moving on from Devin Singletary, is the problem there. Uh I don't know. The Eagles, they already have Miles Sanders. It's hard to kind of say because there's a lot of spots where these guys could go. Uh the Cardinals, I mean, they seem to have confidence in James Conner. But then again, like it's really hard because there's not a lot of places where like the running back spot is that wide open. Um it, it's it's going to be difficult for these guys. They're going to have to earn their own roles for sure. But I think Houston is really like the one destination I can think of where there's really such a void at running back that someone's just going to slot in and be great right away. I think Houston will have a very good chance of taking a running back at 37. And if they don't maybe at 68 in round three, and maybe one of those next tier guys honestly becomes better than a lot of the bet, like Brees Hall types, if they go into a worse situation in year one. So Houston is the running back destination that I want for either Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, or Isaiah Spiller. And I know they don't move. They're not going to move the ball very well, but that's the spot that I want in terms of volume Walker. He's similar to hall. He's more elusive. He's not like that. He's probably similar speed wise. I don't exactly remember what both of their forties were. He doesn't like destroy you downfield in terms of like vertical or, um, at top speed, second level kind of thing. But he, he's more elusive, but probably a little bit less of a complete runner. Um, but I mean, he can, uh, he can catch the ball. I think he didn't have that many, very many receptions in college. He wasn't really involved in that fast of the game, kind of just more of a two down type of running back, but in the NFL, maybe we'll see him do it a little bit. I just feel like teams tend to shy away from that in terms of having had the volume. If you haven't had the volume in college, even if you can do it, maybe Kenneth Walker won't get as many receptions, but, um, he's another interesting guy that I really, I, I like him as well probably not quite as much as hall but they're very very close for me um but i think i think teams may fade them a little bit there's pass protection as well which isn't as it isn't as like inter isn't as involved in fantasy football but sometimes can be more than you might think because walker will need to work on that but like when you're a two when you're a guy who can can catch the ball but can't pass protect and you're not elite at catching the ball, you may not see the field that much on third downs just because you want teams to be guessing as what you're going to do on that down, whether you're going to block or run a route. So he does feel like a more two-down back, which may limit his upside a little bit. But that's the one thing for him. Isaiah Spiller, um, and he's he's another guy who's complete. He can, like, he's sneaky good at, like, just being elusive, evading tacklers. Uh, and he could be he's he's probably a pretty good pass catcher as well another guy who can't like pass protect as well but he's a little bit better of a pass catcher so we could see him there in that role um i'm reading an article from Roto Baller that said they've seen him compared to joe mixon um that definitely but that seems like the best case scenario that does definitely seem like the best case scenario for sure because i don't think there's again anyone in this class that really pops out at me as a kind of guy who will explode to be an rb1 Um, again, there's just not a lot of great landing spots there. But yeah, I think Spiller is a guy to keep an eye on as well. Zamir White's one of the most physical guys in this class. He's goal goal line type of guy, powerful, and um, tough to bring down, not as complete as the other guys, but can be very good as well, like kind of a two down back, goal line back kind of guy to look at for sure. Other than that, Rashad white might actually be, he might be the best pass catcher in the class out of Arizona state. He caught a ton, 16% target share in college. Um, He, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, probably projects as more of a third down back. Maybe if he can carve out a few carries here and there, he could be productive as well. And then other guys to look, keep an eye on Brian Robinson, Jr. He's a guy who gets ranked a little high in some spots um, out of Alabama. Of course, that classic Alabama running back who gets some carries and does well in that offense, he probably might be okay. It's going to depend on draft capital and opportunity for a lot of these guys. But yeah, I feel like there's not one guy that really makes himself stand out from the rest of the class. If I had to say one, it's probably Brees Hall, but there's not one guy who just flies up draft boards and it's clearly the number one. It's all going to depend on what a team spends. It's going to be very dependent this year on draft capital, because then we can know how much the team believes in them. And then just opportunity there. So if Houston spends a good pick on a running back, that might be a really good scenario for one of them. So we'll see. That wraps up the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, got wide receivers and tight ends. And oh boy. Unlike running backs, there are some wide receivers that really could break away and be superstars in this class. I'm excited for it. There are multiple guys that I have my eyes on and could feel like could be big, big superstars, especially in the right spots. And I've already got some dream destinations for some of them. So tune in next week for that. Going to be a lot of fun. Follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore podcast updates at SGF pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next week.